0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to LexGrow.Work, hashtag LFG fam, where success is in the details. Today, our very special guest, all the way from Alabama with a few technical difficulties, but we're pushing through this shit. We got Chase Tubbs. Chase, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hey, well, you just said my name, so yeah, Insane Paint Auto Detailing in Birmingham, Alabama.
0: Awesome, Chase. And how long have you been in business, and what do you guys specialize in?
1: Um, almost 11 years, uh, here in just a couple of weeks, it'll be 11 years. Um, I've been doing what I do for a lot longer than that, but that's how long we've been in business. And, um, we're, a we're, a, I, I don't even like the words high end, but we're a specialty slash niche detailing facility, um, that, um, you know, specializes where our roots are in paint correction, um, on automobiles. And then obviously we do all kinds of other intricate detailing for interiors and motors. And, and then, um, You know, we've been doing PPF for a good while now. Um, We install Expel PPF and we do, um, you know, some Expel ceramic coatings and Modesta ceramic coatings. And um, we do some other neat treatments as well. But you get the idea. That should paint a pretty decent picture of of our facility and what we specialize in.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I remember listening to uh, one of your Instagram stories the other day talking about you were saying high-end detail. But then you were like, you know, it's really just about whoever wants to protect their vehicle, which I think is great because it's not all about the Ferraris and the Lambos like Instagram portrays, you know, it's just about people wanting to protect their investment.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, there's uh, social media is a very beautiful thing. Um, I think when it's used properly for, uh, for a tool and to network with people and to get connected and make friends and all of those things, I think it can be a very, very beautiful thing. I, I, I genuinely do. Um, uh, I think social media these days gets hated on a lot. And it is because of, you know, that that hideous background faker culture, man, where everybody posts the highlight reel of their life. And unfortunately, man, for a lot of people, that's, you know, material things and and there's nothing wrong with love and material things. I don't I don't want people to get that wrong for for a lot of us when we were kids. Material things were the things that motivated us to get where we wanted to go. You know, those were the 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 things that we had in mind to you know, help us push forward to pursue our dreams. But point being, is that um, there, there are some of those pages and people that material things are the only things that matter. And so things can get twisted in that in that highlight reel of, of someone's life. And you can think that it's all about those things when uh, it has nothing to do with it. And so yeah, for us, I mean, yeah, we do some exotics every once in a while. But those are a very uh, I would say those cars are by far and above the minority of what we do. Now, there are some shops out there that the majority of what they do is exotics and specialty cars, you know the um the Italians and um, you know the Germans and stuff like that, the mclarens and and all of that type of stuff. but um, um for us, that that category of vehicle is is in the minority. Um so yeah, it's definitely not a um, a thing that I want people to think that a facility like ours is only reserved for you know, a certain type of client, um, or a certain type of car. Um, fact of the matter is, is that if you can afford our services and you absolutely love what you drive, it does not matter. Uh, matter of fact, this Friday, we've got a 2009 Nissan. Uh, what is it? A rogue? I think we've got coming in. I can't, or no, A Semirano oh, I mean, Murano. So, so, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just a car that the guy has beat up a little bit and we're going to revive it for him. So it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's re- really important to reiterate that because it, it doesn't matter. And, and especially for us detailers where it's a passion-driven business and we enjoy it no matter what. And just providing that experience for the client is what we all, not all of us, but what many of us strive to do and provide. Dude, you know what?
1: I, I've i tried to document it a few times over the years and, and, and I probably need to get a little bit better at it. Um, but that is the part of things that never gets talked about Um, Everybody wants to post, like, look at what we're doing to this car, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm guilty of it, too. Um, Everybody wants to, hey, these are the services, and these are the things that we offer, and this is the vehicle that we worked on. And very rarely do you hear people having the discussion or talking about the topic of, the handshakes and the post care and the voice tones and how you interact with people when they come into your lobby for the estimate to begin with and how you answer questions without sounding condescending to your clients and how you genuinely forge a relationship. See, a lot of times people want to look at this as like, what can I sell them? What can I do for them? What can I sell them? What can I do for right. them? from a business aspect and making money that's important. That's great. You need to have that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the part that you cannot overlook is, okay, well, how can I earn this person's trust? I want them to believe in me because I know that I'll do a good job for them. I don't want this to just be the one vehicle that we do for them and kick them down the road and take their money. I want them to come back next year if they trade this vehicle, or I want them to come here when they get their son a vehicle, or I want them to come here when they get their wife a vehicle or whatever. And so a lot of people, constantly overlook how important that interaction is and so you've got to have both sides of it you know um in the tactical world and in the gun world and stuff like that you know they talk about being able to be you know a warrior um and how to be a poet and and how those two things sometimes you've got to be soft and sometimes you've got to be vicious both things can coexist right they need to coexist um for a man to fulfill his true destiny well i think the same goes for a business owner i think that you've got to be a good salesperson and you've got to be good at marketing and you've got to be good at letting the people know what you have to offer. But at the same time, man, if you can't convictedly and passionately convey who you are and how you want to make that person feel and give them that warm, fuzzy, you're going to have an awfully difficult time, man. Like you're going to have a supremely difficult time. So, um, you know, you can, you can be the best salesperson and the best at what you do in the world. But if you don't connect with people, yeah. Man, I wish you the best of luck. And the same goes for the opposite. You can be the nicest guy in the world and make people feel all warm and fuzzy, but if they leave and they don't know what the heck you were talking about because you couldn't sell to them or you couldn't market to them or you couldn't help them decide on a service, well, being a nice guy is not going to get you the business. So the two have to the, the two have to coexist exclusively or simultaneously. Excuse me, together. So.
0: Dude, I knew as soon as uh, you agreed to jump on here that we were going to have a really exciting episode just because of how passionate you are and, I mean, how well you speak and speak about what you do, it, it's great, No, it, and it's uh, few and far between. Like There's a lot of guys out here that can move some foam around a car and a polisher and all that kind of stuff, but the ones that truly believe and can push forward through the grit and all that kind of stuff... and. You know, a lot of it, I feel, is like the foundation of Shine Supply success because I feel like that's how a lot of these guys are. You know, same thing with Jeremy, you know, pushing through and being authentic. And when we met at Shine Supply a few years ago, when you were uh, working on a port, you were laying some PPF for Jeremy. And we connected, and I just thought you were, you were amazing. Your energy's on top, and you're passionate. And so I'm super excited to have you here and discuss these kind of things that a lot of people don't get to see with the nitty-gritty and behind-the-scenes. Um, so you guys did you guys start off mobile did you start with the shop what's what's the story there yeah no
1: i resigned from my previous career i was with that company for a little over 15 years and i started in my garage um just doing paint corrections um in my garage and um i had a f-150 back then an extended cab f-150 and so a lot of stuff if, if they couldn't come to me then i would go to them so i did a lot of paint corrections in garages and we got oddly enough, we got connected with a couple clients and some airport hangars, and we didn't. De- I didn't detail the the airplanes, but I did work on their cars in the hangars that they worked out. So I did a lot of mobile back then. It wasn't mobile washing, but it was mobile paint corrections and stuff like that. We, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of ceramic coatings back then. Um, but yeah, started in my in my garage in about. Let me see. Started in February 2013, and about five months in. Um, And and I shouldn't have been detailing out of my garage. Uh, The city of uh, Helena, where I live, um, you can't be running a business like that out of your garage. Well, one of my jackhole neighbors decided to call it in, called the city of Helena, and I had a guy show up in my driveway in the middle of a detail one day when I was prepping a vehicle. Before I pulled it into the garage, I was prepping it in my driveway, and he's like, hey, man, we got a phone call, you know, somebody let us know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, man, I was furious in that moment absolutely furious in that moment because I felt like I got tattled on or, you know, right. whatever, but it led me to this shop that we have now. Um, and I've been in the same shop ever since it's, we've doubled in size. We've taken two units. Um, so it's been good, but yeah, so that's how it started. So at the, about the six month mark, let me see about a seven month mark, I suppose, cause in September of 2013 uh, and ever since we've been in this shop. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and, uh, and, and and how we expanded. But yeah, I mean, I kind of a similar to story as, as most guys yeah. would probably have, have been mobile and started out of their garage type deal. And one
0: thing led to another. So, yeah, that's amazing. How many uh, people on your team right now?
1: Oh, uh, it's me plus six. Um, we've got um, five full time guys, one part time guy. And then we've got our photographer um, who helps us document our processes and our lifestyle and Uh, helps document the vehicles as we're working through them and, you know, when they're completed for beauty shots and everything. So we're very lucky to have every single one of them. Um, We've uh, we, and I have have been through some things uh, with the team over, over the, you know, almost 11 years we've been open now. So it's, it's, it's it's been a ride for sure, but yeah, it's me plus six right now. So seven of us total.
0: No, that's incredible. And shout out to that because yeah, it is very tough. It's the, you know, going from, excuse me, like, a hobby, making some decent money, but then really expanding and being able to copy and paste yourself where you can and your talents and being able to execute that while still grow the business. It's such a tough balance that I feel like a lot of us struggle with. Well, you know, man,
1: here's here's the thing that I'll say. In re- I got a couple different things to say on that. First of all, a lot of people think balance is something that you ultimately achieve. Like I hear that this conversation probably comes up when i'm talking amongst other detailers or other small business owners or friends or whatever that word balance gets tossed around so goddamn frequently it's ridiculous and a lot of people tend to think that balance is something you get to like in other words once you get balance you have it and then you therein have ba- it doesn't work that no. way if you think about you know walking on a balance beam you don't just get balanced and then all of a sudden you're there mm-hmm. you have to work on staying there so something might tug your leg this way you know in one second and then something might tug your leg you know that way in another so it's something that you're going to go through these phases of your business where man i've been working 70 hours this week and i've been neglecting my family or the next week you might feel like man i've been home early a lot lately i don't feel like i've been investing in the business as much as i should so it's a constant give and take it's not something you do and then get to balance and then you're done you're constantly balancing every single day, every single week, constant evaluation. So people really need to understand that. Um, And then the other thing is that, that I, you know, the the conversation that comes up because not a lot of detail shops have a, have a team like ours, like most, at least not as far as I can tell I'm not saying they don't exist because they definitely do. And I'm not saying we're cool because we've got the team that we have. I'm just saying that as you, look throughout the nation most shops are a couple or three dudes like every once in a while you'll run across a facility that's got maybe five to ten guys or maybe 10 to 20 guys but it's rare and so the the topic of like why do you have so many guys and 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 how did you get to that point and you know you know why do you feel the need for them and those kinds of things and it's not even necessarily I mean I do need them you know our business has gotten to a point to where I do need them but what I'm I guess what I'm trying to get at is I didn't need nor want them in the beginning. It, it was very difficult in the beginning to even, you know, need or want to have a second guy or a third guy or a fourth guy. And But I think the problem in this industry, and I think in some other industries too, I, I could maybe see how an electrician, uh, the, 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 the electrical industry or plumbing industry could kind of be the same as that when you're the sole proprietor and you're doing things a certain way and you've got your standards and this is the way that it's done to achieve this level of quality that our clients are used to nobody wants to duplicate themselves nobody wants to delegate nobody nobody's nobody trusts somebody else to go hey let me spend some time with you and share this craft with you and walk you through this so you can do this so then i can take myself and be multiplied somewhere else nobody wants to do that they're so petrified and so that that other person is going to screw something up or fall short or, you know, not hold the line, not hold the standard. But I'm here to tell you, you have to do that. If you want to either scale the business or if you want that time off that you so desperately crave to any of the married guys that have kids or anything like that out there and you're feeling pulled away from your family and like, I don't get enough time there. and I can't seem to make it. It's because you're not multiplying yourself at your shop you need to be able to pull back so that you can invest in your family the way that you want to and you can't do that unless you take the damn risk of going all right i'm gonna hire this guy i'm gonna show him how to do some stuff i know it's probably gonna suck for a while i know i know he's gonna make some mistakes i know he's gonna fall short you know i know some things are not gonna get done to my standard but i i know for the next 30 days if i can overcome that and really stay on it and really educate him and put belief in him and support him and lift him up when he needs it and give him criticism when he needs it. I know if I can get past the next 30 days, I will have made it to that next chapter and that next level. And so many people don't level up because they don't want to do what's needed right here because they're too, because it's too good where it's at, right? It's too
0: Too good. comfortable.
1: And so I don't want to take the risk to go to that next step. When they don't realize that if they would just take that risk and go to that next step and hire that person or delegate that task or trust that individual, that's where they'd have that breakthrough. And so that's, I'm not good at a lot of stuff. There's a whole bunch of crap I suck at, but that's the one thing that I feel like I've been okay with is trusting other people to make mistakes and fall flat on their face and slap them around verbally a little bit and let them know, hey, this is where And here's where we can improve, but we're in this together and I got your back if this happens again. And the the thing that happens from that is it stops happening and they become experts and they become masters in their own way. They might do it differently than you, but the end result and the mission is still accomplished. And so then that's how you multiply yourself. That's how you scale your business. And moreover, that's how you get remembered, dude. That's how you get remembered because you believed in somebody and you empowered somebody and you allowed them to take ownership and you allowed them to invest. And so now you have just you have just made somebody else's life great and they feel like their DNA is now ingrained in your little culture and in your little company. And that's how all that starts. So I know I kind of went off and left field on that, but I have this discussion so frequently with people like where did you find those guys and how did you hire them and how do you interview and all of those things and that's a big long discussion. But I I think specifically in this industry, if people could be more comfortable letting go and allowing others to take ownership with them, they'd find themselves in a place of happiness that they didn't know existed in being a small business owner. So,
0: Very well said. No, I completely agree to that. And then some. And yeah, it is tough. You know, a lot of times and a lot of the growth from my company has just been over being forced. Like, oh, my back's against the wall. I got to find somebody. I got to. I can't watch 15 cars a day. I don't know how I'm going to do that. So, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then figuring that out. And then, you know, um, going back to one of your videos about when you guys were doing some wet sanding and something came up and you called the customer ASAP. Um, same thing for me. When I'm in something uncomfortable, something comes up. You got to have that conversation right then and there to go ahead and clear the air, get the stress off your shoulders, and then be done with it. You know, there's so many guys that, you know, I talk to on a daily basis, they'll accept a job that's way in over their head. I did one the other day. This guy um, was moving and he wrapped these nit- nitrous oxide bottles that were in his car in like Saran wrap. And they sat for 6 months and like I tried I tried steam, I tried pre- like everything. Didn't budge. I was like, dude, I I'm, I'm I'm over my head. You're going to take it to a body shop something like that. And so a lot of times we're forced to pivot and forced to grow. And those are really the times that you're going to learn if you can handle it or not,
1: man, you know, I, I tell you what, dude, um, I, I, I got a few things to to say off of that, but the main thing that strikes a chord with me is when you said, Hey, this is not for me. I'm in over my head. This, this particular task is not something I feel like I can accomplish in that, that conversation that you had with that client. And, just in general right now, there is a massive, massive challenge. I don't want to call it a problem, even though I think it's a problem, but there's a massive challenge in getting grown men to own their shortcomings, their problems, their failures, their weaknesses. I don't know why it is so goddamn difficult. For a grown man, a small business owner, a friend, you know, one of the guys on your crew, I don't know why it's so difficult for somebody to say, I screwed up, or I don't think I can do this, or I need help, or hey man, do you mind showing me because I don't know if I quite understand it. I don't know why that is such a hard value to find right now. And I feel like I've got that with every single guy on my team. and. It might be because it's in our, I don't want to call it our employee handbook, but for lack of a better word, it's in our employee handbook. So before anybody even accepts a job here, we're going to read that together and we're going to go through that. Right. And so they know it before, but it ownership of, I don't even want to call it demons, but like just for a guy to be able to just say, hey man, um, I, 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 I kind of suck. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one on this. Is such a difficult thing right now. But I think it can be encouraged from a leadership standpoint if it's dictated on the front side that if you're going to be a part of this team, here's what we expect from you in this aspect. And the first time you encounter that type of challenge, if it's, if it's not adhered to, either saying, hey, man, do you remember when we talked about this before you start, talk ownership, and if something pops up, you got to let me know. And if you fell short, just just own it. Um, and, and, and if, if it is adhered to, if you have a moment with that crew member where they did own a mistake or a challenge or a shortcoming and they powered through it and they either fixed it or they came to you about it, you need to praise that and encourage that because it is such a high valued commodity to just own up to those things right now. So, excuse me, that is a, that is a. Big 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 one. And I don't even just think in the business world, but just in the world right now. I don't know what's going on with dudes. It's just a wild ride right now to see so many guys skate or point or blame or give excuses as to why they can't handle something when I've got so much more respect, and I think most dudes do. You'd have so much more respect for somebody. I mean, if you think about your best friend and let's say he he did something that he knew you wouldn't be a fan of, like, I don't know, man. Like Maybe let's say he's getting out of your car door and he he opens up the car door into a shopping cart or a wall or something like that, puts a huge chunk in your door. And instead of saying something, he just keeps his mouth shut and doesn't say anything about it. And then you find out two weeks later, it was him that did it. I mean, your respect for your friend just plummeted. And now you've got to have this super awkward conversation, which leads me to my next point. Whereas if he just would have told you right up front, it would have sucked in the moment be like dude what the hell are you thinking man you know i love this car did you not see that shopping cart like what are you smoking i'm freaking angry as hell at you but i love you and i respect the hell out of you for telling me so thank you and you can pay for it now that i'm going to get it fixed like it's a much it's a much stronger and much more connected conversation whereas like i said which leads me to my next point if those things if that's not taken care of, communication—if if that person doesn't communicate with you—and even if it's an awkward now, even if it is an awkward conversation in the beginning, it becomes a whole lot more awkward two weeks from now when something has to get brought up. It's the same thing when you've got somebody on the team underperforming, and you notice it on Monday, January first, and you don't say anything. And then the behavior continues, and you notice it again on on January fifth, and you still don't say anything. And then by the time you finally approach it at the first part of February, guess who's hot and bothered and heated and doesn't know how to go about it? You. You don't know. You don't know what to say. And even if you do, your tempers your temper is flared up, your blood is boiling, and now it's all it's all stressed out. And it's it's partially the your your teammate's fault because they're not living up to standard, but it's really more your fault than anything. Because you didn't do anything about it. Whereas if you would have approached it all the way back on January 1st, it would have been a much, I don't even want to say easier conversation. It would have been a much better conversation, a healthier conversation. And so I think if, if dudes can just sack up and start owning, you know, their, their, their problems and their shortcomings, and they can learn to communicate even when it's tough. Bro, I, I, you not only have a lot more thriving business, but we'd have a lot more of a thriving country right now, too. So um, anyway, that's that that tends to be a, a, a shaky area. But I, one last thing I'll say on that is you have to encourage that either before or as you bring people aboard your team. If you can set up on the front side your values, if you don't have a team handbook, man, you got to have one. But if you can set up your values and your standards in the beginning, then none of this ever gets awkward. And even when it's a little bit awkward, again, it's at least a a quick, healthy conversation as opposed to, hey, man, let's sit down. We got to talk. And then everybody gets freaked out, you know, and everybody's like, oh, God, what's Chase or, you know, what's boss want to talk about? Nobody likes that crap, man. So set those standards in the beginning and keep them communicated throughout. So
0: anyway. Yeah, no, well said, and you're right. It is a little shaky, and something that we've been working on here is we have meetings every Friday. Just talk about it. And my first question, first question on my whiteboard is, "How are you?" Personally, professionally, and everything else. And then we go into, yeah. So then we go into the details of work. And one of my guys who started off, who's extremely introverted, is now my general manager. He's been here for about a year, but he like we were leaving the other day, and he pulled me aside. He's like. You okay, man? You good? You got anything you need to talk about? Like, not in a prying way, but just like, I'm here if you need me. I don't expect you to be here for all of us, and nobody's here for you. And then he reiterated wow. that in the meeting today, saying, you know, if anybody ever needs to talk about anything personally or professionally, and it's it's a hard line because, you know, you're spending more time here with your colleagues than you are at home with your significant other. So you have I all these, Yeah. So you have these intimate details and, and things that you share or these – weights that you carry. So it's extremely important for people to be able to open up and I get the vulnerability side, I get the toxicity side. And, you know, again, kind of going back to social media, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but so many people are guarded and I think scared to ask for help. And I know prior, you know, for a long time I was, it's, it's having uncomfortable conversations were not always fun for me. And the anxiety of leading up to the conversation is what crushes you. It's not even the conversation itself. And so I yeah. think it's, it's really important that people communicate and lean in on each other and be there. Like we're all short fused right now. There's a bunch of crap going on, but it's like, if we just take a moment to just relax and listen, can do the world a big, big difference.
1: Yeah, you're right, man. I, I know you've had those conversations where, you know, I, I, dude, I've lost sleep so many times over the years, the night leading up to a conversation I was going to have the next day. No sleep, lost sleep. My workout in the gym in the morning sucked, and then I have the conversation, and I'm like, "Wow, I just lost all that sleep and got all wound up for absolutely nothing because that conversation went fantastic." But you build these things up in your head, man, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it. Yeah, it can suck, but it, it, a lot of times we do that to ourselves. Let's be honest, um, as leaders, we a lot of times we we do that to ourselves, but. Um, you know, it's it's also our job, and I, you were touching on it too, man, is um, this is a phrase that's been said before, man, but you, you've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And, you know, as the as the guys who run the show, so to speak, which there's a lot of supporting guys and mechanisms that, you know, correlate throughout the business, but you've got to be the one that's willing to go first. You've got to be the one that's willing to have the tough conversations. And if you can't do that, then who's going to do it? And so, you got to get real comfortable, real quick, being uncomfortable. So, and I think the quicker and the better somebody can do that, they'll be a lot more effective leader. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I agree to that wholeheartedly. And that's one of the things, like when I hire somebody, I'm like, I'm not going to ask you anything to do to do anything that I won't or have not done. Like, I will get back there and get my hands dirty. I'm trying to get better about being upfront and the whole, you know, cliche working on my business and not in my business, which is extremely difficult after running a mobile team for 15 years. I'm now pivoting to the shop Monday through Friday, just up here slinging some shine goodies and some other stuff and just, you know, working on the podcast, working on networking, working on building our shop now, which is, you know, a whole new world for me. So that's something I'm going to have to lean in on the, the network of guys, you know, Carson from Maryland Auto Spy and I talk pretty much every single day. Drew from Shine, Central Florida, we talk all the time, Danny in New York. So it's important to lean on those people and really try to figure out, you know, if you need something, you can ask for help. Like I tell my team, I don't know everything. Y'all, y'all, y'all better help me too. <laughs> Congrats,
1: man. I'm happy for you, dude. Kudos on all, all the changes and the, the upward growth that you've had the past few years, man. That's exciting, dude.
0: Man, I appreciate it. And ever since we've come on with Shine in 21, I feel like things are just, you know, the momentum's built. You know, I had a couple contracts with some dealerships in like 2018, 2019 that like almost put me under $30,000 on a net 120 trying to figure out how I'm going to make it, you know, make it work. But, you know, we pulled through, we survived, and we just keep grinding and figured it out day after day. Wow, that's intense. Oh, <sighs> well, cool. Yep, yeah, but... No, man, uh, before we get out of here, where can everybody find you? Instagram, all that good stuff.
1: Oh, super easy, man. Um, Instagram is just our business name. All one word, Insane Paint Auto Detailing. Uh, We've got a nice little YouTube channel. If you guys want to have a good laugh, I've never deleted any of my old videos. So if you want to go back and see some funny stuff, go back to the early days of our YouTube channel, but no, we've got some great passion pieces on there most of this up on our youtube channels for our clients not for other detailers um but our our youtube channel is insane paint detailing no auto uh so insane paint detailing and then um on facebook insane paint auto detailing so those are the main three
0: awesome well chase thank you so much we could probably make this a six-part series i know you love to talk but i also know it's late it's seven o'clock here in atlanta what eight o'clock over there no six o'clock no yeah yeah okay i
1: appreciate you very humbled and and very grateful to be a part of this and chat with you for a while, man. Um, I know you and I don't talk very often, but when we do, it's always easy. Yeah. Um, I get, uh, you know, very, very similar in that aspect where it's easy to connect with other people. But thank you for the invite, dude. Very humbled and very cool that you had me on. So
0: I don't even know what to say. <laughs> no, absolutely, man. Much love from over here, too. So everybody remember, don't forget, let's grow. Work. hashtag LFG fam. Where success is in the details. Chase, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you guys next time. Got it,
1: brother.